Welcome to another episode of Sub Tours. Today we're going to be talking about one of the biggest films of the year and a sequel that was 27 years in the making. Whatever could it be? We're giving you subtle hints. <laughs> James Bond? <laughs> no? Oh, no, but you're close. Uh, the Born Supremacy? Almost there. One of them was in it. One of them was in it. Maximum Extreme 2. <laughs> Maximum Extreme 2. That's right. Today we are looking at Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is the seventh movie in a series that has been running for 27 years. Shut the front door. I have a question. How old are you when the first one came out? For 27 years now, Tom Cruise has been doing his own stunts. Dodged. <laughs> dodged the question. Run the intro. <laughs> So, for real, how old were you? <laughs> what the hell year did the first one come out? Let's do the. Uh, it was, uh, I was in the sixth grade. <laughs> Let's just go with that. I was in the sixth grade when the first Damn. one came out in 1996. 1996, yeah. Damn. You know how long ago this was? I still have the freaking pocket book novelization because back then, you know, movies had books that came with them. Yeah, I have a pocket book of Jumanji. Mm, there, see? Had a book. Not a board game? No, I was too afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, today we are talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which if anyone's keeping score, this is the seventh Mission Impossible movie. We are the Saboteurs and we are your hosts. I'm Misha. I'm Mai. And I'm Andrew. And um, today we will be discussing Mission Impossible. And this was actually Mai's first one. No, it's not. I remember. Well, no, I don't remember. But she remembers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the first one I remember because I was a wee child a when wee child. The, first, uh, the first two came out. Yes. I, I remember watching up until the second. And I do remember it wasn't spectacular to no, me. No. So it did not entice me to watch the rest of mm. them. We try not to talk about the second one. Yes. Okay. But then we might have to bring it up today. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe we can go maybe, into maybe. that. Yeah. Maybe. But before watching this film, I kind of realized that I was an, I was never a fan of action franchises revolving around just one male lead. Because this is the almost the same scenario as when we did the last James Bond movie. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had, had like no idea what was happening. And it was apparently the worst one to watch <laughs> with absolutely no idea of what's going fair, on. Fair. So yeah. To be fair, to be fair, I wasn't a fan of the Mission Impossible franchise either. Mm-hmm. It was only until after Ghost Protocol when I kind of… That re- was the fourth one? Yeah. Yes, the fourth one. When I started watching, re-watching the first one and then watching the second one and then the third one. Then I came to appreciate the third one. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's probably my favorite from the franchise. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, again, I was in the sixth grade, and sixth I like grade. shut up. We were wee children back then. <laughs> wee children. Wee children. It was the nineties, you see. <laughs> <laughs> we were all Irish. <laughs> For some reason. For we, some were, reason. we were all ye wee leprechauns. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, so like I was in the sixth grade and Pierce Brosnan had only been James Bond for like a year at this point. So everyone was like on a whole spy high kind of thing. Everybody, and this was still the time when um, Hollywood was making big screen adaptations of 60s TV shows. Basically the same thing they do now with 80s shows and 80s cartoons. Didn't they do that British spy show, The Avengers? They did The Avengers. Um, Uma Thurman. Yeah, that's the only good thing in that movie. Uma Thurman's cat suit. um, huh. And then they, they also did The Saint uh, with Val Kilmer. I didn't know that was a 60s It was. It's, it starred Roger Moore, who became the third James Bond later on. Um, what else? They, uh, the Addams Family. They, that was a 60s show that became a big screen blockbuster. So th- back then, they, they were doing the nostalgia thing that we're doing now for the 80s and the 90s. And the 90s. Yeah. 
So, um, <laughs> Mission Impossible started as a TV show in the 60s. And it's funny you should say that you don't like franchises that are primarily male, single male-led. Yeah. And I, the, the irony is, the TV show was always about the team. It was never about a single guy. It was always about a team doing the most insane heists or break-ins yeah. or whatever. And Tom Cruise changed all of that. He turned it into an excuse to do crazier and crazier stunts. But that was only after the third one. No, no, no. That was like, even with the first one, he, uh, when he blew up that aquarium, oh, and like 20,000 liters of water were flowing behind him. Yeah, his first reiteration, or us seeing the first time, for the first time, the straight back running. And I, straight yeah. back <laughs> running. You can't have a Mission Impossible without straight back you running. You can't have a Tom Cruise movie without straight back running. I mean, yes. we saw it in Top Gun Maverick. Right? That was my favorite part of A Few Good Men, when he ran straight back right into the court. He's iconic for his running, to be honest. <laughs> but I think I read somewhere that it's kind of effective because you, you, your core is tight and you like, you know, can run fast. That is way. that why that bad Terminator ran that way? Because he, like he's super efficient. Yes, but then again, you know, Tom Cruise has to be efficient because he's, he's short. short. <laughs> <laughs> so he always has to run because it takes him longer to get from point A to point B. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's body body mechanics. Yeah. So, like, I remember a lot of old school fans who grew up within the 60s were pissed off with that first movie because um. in the first movie, the entire team dies like in the first eight minutes. Yeah, they Put killed that. Coach Bombay. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they killed Emilio Estevez. Coach Bombay. <laughs> they, fine. They killed Coach Bombay. And they may and the guy who led the team through the 60s and the revival in the 80s and um his name was Mr. Phelps, Jim Phelps. He was the leader of the team. They made him the bad guy in the first movie. That's mm-hmm. why the original cast refused to have anything to do with the first movie. So they recast Jim Phelps with Angelina Jolie's dad, John, John Voight. Voight. And yeah, Tom Cruise kills him at the end of the movie and he took over the franchise, basically. Mm. So, Did he have that much clout back then? Well, I guess he'd just come off the firm. He just, um, you know, he got um, award notice for like Rain Man. There was a time in the 90s where it was like the Tom Cruise Brad Pitt yeah. show. Right. Ooh, I remember. He had just Rivaling. done Interview with the Vampire. Yes, Interview with the Vampire was such a big deal at the time because you had both Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in yeah. one movie and a baby Kristen Dunst. And a young Antonio Banderas. So, yes. And Christian Slater. Basically, everybody in their prime. Mm. Ooh, I, I should rewatch that. I love that movie. That whole movie is a thirst portion. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I like it? So, and my my mom grew up watching that old show. She enjoyed it. And we've pretty much been watching these movies together over the last, oh my God, three decades now. And so far, other than the second one, they've all been pretty solid. Especially since the third one onwards, Tom Cruise kind of brought back the team dynamic. And um, it's just more interesting when you see a bunch of people working together and working out these crazy problems. Yeah, not just one dude. Because it's like, oh, okay, you can do everything. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> The third one had a really good villain in Philip Seymour Hoffman. He did. Because he's like the last guy you think… Philip Seymour Hoffman. But you yeah. wouldn't expect him to be scary. Like in a bad guy kind of… Really? Like, like no. cold-blooded, like, no hesitation. I could see that from the very beginning. Okay, fine. I, well, maybe not in a fist fight. because it's No, like, not a fist fight. No, but but the, like… He looks like the penguin. A war of minds. But, but that's, yes. the thing, that's the thing. He, he, he was so cerebral as a villain. Yeah. Like, and it was so effective. Like this guy yeah. is fucking scary. Like, yeah. He won't hesitate to nuke a country or something. Absolutely. Well, I didn't see that part for that certain I gotta series. show you just like the cold open of that movie. It's just amazing because it totally let you know that this is not the shit show of two. Mm. Just that just cold open. It was insane. Alright. And God, uh, had all the tacky wire work. One, yeah, that was so bad. Because yeah. like John Woo didn't have enough, enough English to say no at the time. <laughs> oh yes. my gosh. You know, it's true because he just yeah. got to Hollywood. He'd only done what? He did Face Off which was fucking amazing. Yeah. And he did that Van Damme movie Hard Target which was kind of eh. Yeah, but anyway, going back to three. Okay, going back to three. J.J. Abrams, the guy who created Lost and directed Star Wars: The Force Awakens and Super Eight, he brought back the whole team dynamic, and it was fun. Mm. So, like the last few movies have really been about the ensemble. Sure, yeah. Tom Cruise still has a big stunt, but 
basically everybody has a role to play. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I had high hopes going into this one. Yeah. And not not only that, in 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 addition to the 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 roles that they would play, it's the banter, it's the script, yes, and absolutely. The That's the why chemistry. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm gonna cut to the chase. It's why I was pretty disappointed with this one. Mm-hmm. It's because of the banter that he had with um, Simon Pegg's character, mm-hmm. um, Benji. Or, Benji, yep. Benji. Like I, I love the banter with Benji. You know, and then of course I miss Jeremy Renner in this one because Jeremy Renner was one of the favorite, uh, one of my favorite new characters that they added into the franchise. That's the funny thing. Like they brought him in as the tech guy in part three. He was just a side character, but apparently he got along so well with Tom Cruise. He added him to the permanent cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also another short action guy. But there's <laughs> there's only like one other permanent cast member. That's Ving Rhames, who I honestly don't think does anything else nowadays except Mission Impossible movies every couple of years. Mm. Well, since the last one I remember was MI2. Um, for someone who didn't stand by the franchise religiously, I wanted to see if this one, Seven or Dead Reckoning Part One, <laughs> could stand on its own. So that was the criteria I had coming into this movie. Well, something else they brought introduced in three was they tried to make him more human because Part Two just made him a fucking superhero and it was dumb. And um, Part Three introduced a wife, and um, she was around on and off for the last four movies, basically. Until the last one, where um, two movies ago, um, he faked his death so she wouldn't have to worry about him anymore because part three had her discovering his secret that he was actually a spy. Mm-hmm. And um, in the last movie, a couple of movies ago, he faked his death so she wouldn't be a target anymore and he wouldn't be, she wouldn't be worried for him or whatever. But um, in Fallout, um, she actually got caught in the crossfire a little bit so she saw him in action and all that. But she's already basically moved on. And... Um, she basically told him, it's okay. I know this is your life. And that basically set him up so he could be free to pursue Rebecca Ferguson, who was by <laughs> far a superior character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's actually, I think she's the best character in the whole damn series. Yeah. She's my favorite. Well, for this movie, she but, was my favorite. Uh, no, no, no. You have... I, I okay, know. sorry, no. You, you no, 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 no. We, we agree with you. <laughs> she's, amazing. You. she's amazing. She's amazing. But no, but have, I, I know. I'm have. sorry I haven't seen it, okay? <laughs> we just have to reiterate the fact that you have to see her introduction as a character. It is just, it's freaking iconic, her intro. It's like one of the great intros. <laughs> because they do it like with no dialogue whatsoever. Uh, who the fuck holds a sniper rifle in a freaking long gun with her leg up as the support? And in like true spy movie fashion, the sniper rifle was a was a flute that she walked into because mm. there's like an orchestra and there's like an opera. It's just the staging is incredible because again, there's no dialogue whatsoever. It's just the opera that that's going, and she's got to fire a bullet on a certain note um, so that nobody will hear it. Ooh. So it's just so fantastic. Wait, which one is this one? That is Rogue, uh, Rogue, Nation, Rogue Nation, the fifth one. Fifth, okay. Yeah, I will at least watch that one after this. But you know, after this, I'm not that inspired. <laughs> well, if only to see how good it used to be. How's All that? All right, fine, yeah. fine. And even even um, Fallout, just just to see Henry Cavill do this, <laughs> like load that up. That is Henry awesome. Cavill's in Fallout. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and the, you, I missed so much then. <laughs> you know that that became like a huge meme that year because there's one bit like in the middle of a fight he does this. That uh, and it's basically he reloads his arms. I'm so glad we have video now. <laughs> he reloads his freaking arms like they're guns or something. You know, and everybody, every time they would do press press for this movie, he would people would ask him to do it. And he was like, he but, only did that like as a gag in between takes. And the director's like, do that, <laughs> so he could never escape it. So like that was the year. Or like a year after he had his horrible CGI mustache in Justice League. It was the reason why. They had the the CGI mustache and the right because, he, because he, he had he a was, mustache in Mission Impossible. He was under contract; he couldn't shave it off. Oh, because yeah. there was parts where he was hanging out of a helicopter. They said like a fake mustache will fly off. You cannot <laughs> shave your fucking mustache. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Um, ever since the fifth movie, basically, um, the first four were directed by different people. So each one had a different flavor. So the first one was Brian De Palma. It was a paranoia thriller. That was great. Second one was John Woo, but you know, not so great. It was the it was the you know early two thousands era of wire work and kung yeah. fu. So, and gunfu. And gunfu. Gun yeah. The third one was like a really good episode of Alias, because that's what JJ Abrams was doing at the time. And light leaks. 
the fourth. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Of course. The fourth one was uh, by Brad Bird, who directed The Incredibles. So the pacing and the plot and payoff, everything's fantastic because he comes from an animation background, so you can't waste a second. Paula Patton was pretty good there. She was fantastic. I yes. always wonder why she didn't come back. Um, the fifth one onwards, up until this one and the next one, he was working with his Jack Reacher director, um, Christopher McQuarrie. And ever since then, they've been going by the philosophy of let's come up with the action sequences and then just add a plot after to stitch wow. everything together. Jack, the Jack Reacher movies was basically Mission Impossible point two, two without point the oh. gadgets. Without the gadgets, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, apparently, he really likes working with Christopher McQuarrie. Like he even co-produced Top Gun and helped write the script. Well, maybe it's because he found a yes man. Well, I don't know if it's a, so much a yes man. I didn't feel it was a yes man until this movie, actually. Mm. Where like like John Woo, he just couldn't find the words to say no anymore. So... <laughs> it was a language barrier for John Woo. This guy just went this and guy, said yes. What's this guy's excuse? <laughs> what's this guy's excuse? I don't know. I think he likes hanging out with Tom Cruise. I mean, who wouldn't? I, I don't know, Anjo. I don't know, actually. I, I don't know, Anjo. Tell us what... What do you think about Tom Cruise? I don't know. Maybe he would berate me for not being a Scientologist. I don't know. Ooh, Just keep him off there. couches. He'll be fine, I guess. That's, that's true. <laughs> to be fair, that's why they brought in Jeremy Renner for part four. Because he'd done the couch jumping. So they're like, we need a plan B. So if we got to get rid of him for part five, we have Jeremy Renner. Because he's uh, kind of a hot thing right now. But part four became more like the highest grossing one of the bunch. So all was forgiven. He didn't jump on any more couches and they got to make more movies. But he's still a Scientologist. He's right? still a Scientologist. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, why don't you tell us what you were thinking first coming out of the cinema, uh, Mai? Because again, you are the freshest one of all of us basically going into this. Also by age. Sorry. Anyway. Fucking A. <laughs> No, sorry, I'm just 25 pala. I right, in his dreams. I'm still younger than Misha. <laughs> um, I wasn't in the sixth grade when the first one came out. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <love> um, you. <laughs> I was infuriated. <laughs> to be quite honest, I was so infuriated because so many things happened along the way where I was like, this is stupid. This is so stupid. Mm-hmm. This character is so stupid. <laughs> Why the fuck did that happen? You know, so many questions which were mostly not very good questions. It's like, um, how do I put it nicely? Do I even put I don't it think nicely? you need to. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even because I don't understand what's going on. It's kind of easy to put together the group dynamic. Okay, here's the tech guy. Benji's like the funny guy. That's okay. true. Yeah. So it's like, okay, Tom Cruise is like the head honcho, whatever. He's the cool guy He's doing the all the stunts. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But like, it's so easy to put together. But their goal for this, I don't, I don't. And okay, they tried to be like, oh, this is the future. We're fighting artificial intelligence (laughs) and they try to explain artificial intelligence and the danger of it taking over so many times as if we don't know what artificial intelligence is at this point in 2023 it's like people forgot that there were movies like terminator well space odyssey okay here's here's the thing It, it only became like super timely now but the movie's been delayed by like what two three years at right. this point but at that point we're all still already but exploring yeah. artificial oh, intelligence like basically every movie with AI has told us that AI is gonna kill us all at some yeah. point it's been delayed because Tom Cruise hasn't jumped enough from cliffs it got delayed because of the global pandemic hey, no, no, I'm just come kidding. on I'm just, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding he was kidding. looking for the perfect cliff to jump off of yeah <laughs> well he found it I guess how about you Anjo because again you've seen all these what's your take I was disappointed. Oh, damn. I mean, like, every single Mission Impossible movie will always have its signature heist where every single team member will have a role yeah. to play. Yeah. And each of them will end up like, you know, something happens that fucks up the whole plan and everybody will have their time to shine. And this, the, yeah, the fun part is how they 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 they, 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 they solve it with their wits. They, they adapt. They, they change their, the plan. The, each of their individual skills. Yes. Which was… Totally missing from this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Not, and not in, in, that was one of the biggest disappointments I had, you know, coming from the last four movies that I've seen recently. And then um, it probably had the weakest villain. 
I think I agree. Yeah. With a guy named Gabriel. Gabriel. Yep. Who, who is, you know, Veronica Lodge's dad. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> so I was like, mm. That was so weird, yes. So the whole time I was trying to figure out, who's this guy again? Like, oh shit, it's Veronica Lodge's dad. It's Mr. Lodge. Yes. Wait, Mr. so they introduced the flashback with this guy. Mm-hmm. So he's related it's to Tom Cruise's past somehow. Yeah, somehow. somehow. And Pre- I, prior to the first. No, 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 no. Movie. You know what? That's what pissed me off. Because, okay, here's a question okay, before you get to your point. Please explain that to me. Get, before you get to your point, I want to ask you a question. Because in, 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 in my head, when I saw those, the flashbacks, I was like, this looks like the first movie. So my question to you is, was it supposed to be a scene in the first movie? No, it wasn't. Because okay. it, it was actually, they got, they said it was like 30 years ago. So it comes before the last movie, before the first movie. But what I didn't okay. appreciate about it was, okay, we've gone seven movies in 27 years. Now is the time you choose to give him a tragic backstory. Now you're going to say he's had an enemy this whole time that we never knew about, that he's so got you- this mysterious motivation that we never knew about. So I, I, I also, oh. I'm also wondering why that one death changed his career. Well, uh, here's the thing. This movie doesn't bother to tell us because they're still a part two. So oh, yeah. they're probably saving yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And I, I, that's something that... That was my biggest issue. The pacing in this movie is way off. I think it was mm-hmm. like half an hour longer than it had to be because yep. at some point they were just dragging things out because they were like, okay, we got a second movie anyway. We don't need to, you it's know, lot, we don't need to rush. It, it's the pacing of, was so slow. Yeah, it's a lot of people staring at each other. At Dutch angles. Like, at, yeah. Dutch, yeah, yeah, that's one more thing. Oh my God. Oh, the Dutch thing. angles and the close-ups were so unforgiving. It's like mm-hmm. nothing... You don't even see people's shoulders. It's literally just it's their, faces. their faces. Okay. At one point, Mai was white. Mai whispered, just like, Grab it. is it the screen or is it the close-ups? Are we too close? No, no. I think, really I think we had close-ups. good seats. We had good seats. But no, no, that I, I, um, thank you, by the way, to Paramount Pictures. Thank you, Paramount, for inviting us to you the premiere. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Um, but going back to that, I think that was a reference to the first movie because um, Brian De Palma, the guy who made Scarface and um, um, Dressed to Kill, his signature was always paranoia thrillers, psychological thrillers. And in really tense moments in the first one, he would do that. He would go in really tight. He would go in at the Dutch angles, especially when it involved Tom Cruise talking to his boss, so, so, um, the, uh, Kittredge, the director of the CIA, who comes back for the first time in this movie. And a lot of what I saw between the two of them was just trying to rehash or remind you of their conversation in the first one. Especially but, like the first thing he says to Tom Cruise is, I understand I you're very angry. upset. Oh, okay. And it's like, come on, we don't need the Easter eggs. We already know you're from the first movie. I don't. But she okay. didn't. Well, yeah, but you <laughs> but know. you know, it's not something that's absolutely necessary for me to know, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's not. No, it's really no, not. It's, not. it's yeah. just like, oh, he's back. Yeah, I just, I just put two and two together. Like, okay, yeah. he's the boss. Whatever. You, you said it's supposed to be an, a nod to what De Palma was doing. But they, the whole the, movie. But they kept doing it over and the over whole movie. in this one. <laughs> and whenever they would have their dramatic dialogue, it felt like rejected Wachowski script. They were talking about. <laughs> Like destiny and free will and choice and no. tell me a story. And well, I'm like, what the hell is this well, philosophizing? That was what this movie was. It was not a lot of showing. It was a lot of telling. Mm. It absolutely was. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let, fine, let's go into the story, right? It's got a rogue AI that can only be controlled or destroyed with a key, a physical key. So now every government in the world is after this key. Fancy key, by the way. It's a fancy key, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, It's got two parts. It you does have, have two together. parts. I would want a key to my house that looked like that with a shape and, and the doors to my house would look like the Hobbit's <laughs> door. Ooh. That would be cool. So basically, Ethan Hunt and the IMF have to go rogue for like the 8 millionth time in this series because they got to get the key because no government on earth can be trusted with the AI. And in the meantime, the AI was smart enough to hire a mysterious bad guy from Ethan's past to try and beat him in his own game and make sure he doesn't get the key. And um, I don't know. The bad guy from Riverdale? The bad guy from Riverdale. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And they basically just fucking over-explained it over and over and over again. Act one, we know what the story is about. Act two, they remind us. Act three... That's over and then at some point, Tom Cruise starts talking like Dom in The Fast and the Furious about how all your lives are more important to me, to me than my own. I'm like, you just met her 10 minutes ago. 
I, I can't understand. I, I, I feel like in this movie, all the characters, even Ethan Hunt's, were all dumbed down. Yeah, they all like they were took all, a step back from I know. where they were. And they're supposed to be the best of the best. It's why they've survived so long. Which goes back to what you were saying earlier about like how the fun thing about their heists and all their plans getting fucked up was how they thought their way around the obstacles. Here, they got around the obstacles through dumb luck yep. half the time. Mm-hmm. And analog technology. Yeah, because you know, they can't use the digital shit because the master AI villain thing can you know it was kind of interrupt weird. it was kind of weird because they already knew it was AI that could track their movements yet they were still using facial recognition mm-hmm. yeah. when they found out it was the AI they were dealing with that's kind of stupid considering how smart these people are supposed to be especially if you have um, Ving Rhames' character and Simon Pegg's character mm-hmm. Benji mm-hmm. And Luther. And, and Luther. There you go, Luther. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Was it me who hasn't seen the series? Really? I was kidding. Yeah. No, that's just how disappointed I was. Well, Aww. yeah. Good point. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I also was disappointed because like even what you would think would be the highlights, like the big stunt sequences, there's this big chase that takes place in Rome and he steals like a loop in the third car. And he rides a fucking Fiat. Okay, fine. He doesn't steal it. It's like one of their safe cars, whatever. Oh, um, that the IMF apparently just leaves parked all over the world. He rode Luigi from cars. He rode Luigi from cars. It's tough. But basically, oh, that's Guido. Basically, they're like um, they're they're in this tiny car and they're being chased down the Spanish steps in Rome by the cops, by Gabriel, by um, Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy, who is like. A Harley Quinn knockoff wearing the greatest showman's jacket in this movie. In one scene. In one scene. In one sequence. We'll get to that later. I have I have a bone to pick yes. with that. But to be, to be I fair, also I, do. But, 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 we all do. But my thing but is like fair, I enjoyed her. They yeah. they did but I, I, I felt nothing during this chase. I was not they didn't really do anything like groundbreaking or whatever, because they couldn't decide what direction to take. Is it funny? Is it serious? It was just confusing because in the last movie, they had this incredible chase in Paris. Pretty much the same thing. Cops are chasing. The bad guys are chasing. Tom Cruise is on a motorcycle at some point. And I like the chase in in um, Dubai. Or Abu, yeah, in Abu Dhabi. That was in, good too. That was a great chase. Mm-hmm. In this one, it just felt like nothing we hadn't seen before. It was just trying to be cutesy by way of Jason Bourne with a little bit of Lupin the Third. With a little bit of, oh no, I can't drive. <laughs> Haley Atwell being, oh no, I don't want to drive, you drive. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about that? Haley like, Atwell's character is the biggest waste ever. Yeah, we can get to the characters in a little bit, but yeah. we can continue with this um, the treatment of this car chase. I, I, I felt nothing. And uh, the weird thing is, like, it's actually got like a couple of James Bond references, like a tiny yellow car from For Your Eyes Only, handcuffed to the lead girl. The, the lead actress from Tomorrow Never Dies with Michelle Yeoh. Those are all fun things. And this one, I did not feel fun because like they couldn't decide whether she was competent or not. Yeah. And they couldn't decide if Ethan was like, um, 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 if he was like, um, if he was competent or not half the time in that scene. The only thing I enjoyed about that entire scene was um, Palm Clemente or Mantis or her character's name is Paris. Yes. It's just her just going through shit and not giving a care. She's like bulldozing through everything with her big ass truck and she's manic and she's enjoying and she looked like she was just having so much fun breaking shit up. Yeah. You know? That I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. that. I enjoyed so, that too. But that's pretty much it about that. I feel like a lot of the stunt work was wasted because of how, you know, like in context of the whole thing. No, no, no. Like the stunt would be good, but then they'd play it for a laugh that didn't really fit, you know? Yeah, exactly. The stunts were great. I mean, don't 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 get us wrong. It's a Mission Impossible movie. How can the stunts not be great? That's true, but you know, the stunt could be the greatest thing in the world. But but, if you don't care about what's happening, yeah. But if it's not grounded with the story yeah or as grounded as the story is like in the past past few movies it, then it doesn't really work that you know that well mm-hmm. and, been better. and there were some beats that would just last forever like when the thing was going in a non-stop circle around that oh yeah thing. they were trying to be funny like how are we gonna chase oh, you at this side? Oh, I can't they... drive properly <laughs> like it was funny for like 10 seconds and then it just ran for about 20 seconds more 
my so, my friend, my friend Han, who was also at the premiere, she Hi, Han. pointed out. Hi, Hi, Han. Han. She pointed out that like, did she lose all her competence in that first car crash? Because after that point, Grace was useless. Haley Atwell's character was introduced as this badass independent. Thief. Uh, yeah, okay. We're, it, we're at the characters this, now. This is okay, why. this is sorry. let's get to I'm it. Sorry. No, 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 let's get to it. Okay. We're yeah. into it. So, so she's a badass thief, like who can beat Ethan in his own game, which is really cool because you know they, they can go like on the same level. She's not as 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 badass as Grace, but what she does is a little more subtle. You know, and she's not sorry, she's not as badass as um Isla. Isla, Isla Faust, who is played by um, Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. But you know she's got style. She's got flair. She's not the nanny. She's got. She's got spunk. It's it's Ilsa. It's Ilsa. 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 You wanna build a snowman? (laughs) Oh my god. Ilsa with an I. Ilsa with an I. Yeah. But you know Haley Atwell's character was introduced as this badass thief who can pick a pocket cleaner than anybody. She can even pick Ethan Hunt's pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And she can pick handcuffs and and at some point even the banter was great. The banter was the, good. The, the, yeah, was good. The, the initial yeah. banter was good. The meet cute. But then <laughs> after after they start getting chased by the cops in Rome and they get into one car crash, she loses all competence. Maybe yep. maybe it was never confirmed in the movie, but she was operating with a concussion. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. But uh... <laughs> don't make excuses for the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the writers had a concussion. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, not sorry. Uh, I, th- I I earlier said I was infuriated and I think she's the biggest source of my rage in this entire movie because, uh, you know, there as shit happens, right? Okay, so, so many interruptions, so mm-hmm. many twists and turns that happen mm-hmm. along the way. But there were so many chances for her character to walk away when she knew that shit was about to hit the fan and she's seeing Tom Cruise and everybody's like, oh, okay, I'm... I'm getting myself tangled in this very complicated web that I find myself in. She had so many chances to be like, okay, fuck this, whatever. I'll just give you the key. I can just get out of your hair. But no. And she stayed out of of her own volition. Mm -hmm. And when shit did hit the fan, she'd be so fucking useless and not own up to that decision of staying. Jesus Christ. She'd just like want to chicken out in the middle of things. Like, come on. Yeah, that was like, that's how you ruin a good character. Yeah. And I think what frustrated me even more was she did it because of the power of love. Like out of fucking nowhere, she just falls in love with Tom Cruise because he makes one speech to her about how your life is more important to me than my own. I'm like, what the actual shit? Like later on when he rescues her because of course she becomes a damsel in distress for no fucking reason. I know. She spends more time looking at him lovingly than trying to escape their life and death situation. You know, I think she's the first damsel in distress aside from the wife. No, no, no. She is... Okay, here's the funny part. She is the second thief to spontaneously fall in love with him and turn against her employee and look at him with tears in her eyes when he finally fucking rescues her. Remind me again who the first one was? Fandy Newton in MI2. Ah. That's another reason that movie that's sucked. That's why I didn't like that movie. That's another yeah, reason that yeah, movie yeah. sucks. Because again, independent, strong, international thief. You know, she goes like but, sports car racing in the mountains with Ethan Hunt. But 40 minutes later, save me. <laughs> but, but you know, Christ. Grace had a better introduction. Grace had a better introduction yeah, because you know she she fucking picked Ethan picked Ethan's pocket. Yep. Well, and I she guess, wasn't sorry about it. Mm-hmm. I guess that's an instant no no for these this franchise at least. Do not put a thief, do not put a woman thief into the movie, <laughs> and make her fall in love with him. Else, this will suck. Yeah. Well. Well, the other thing that I the one the other thing that really you know like triggered me with this movie is that they killed. Our favorite character. The best character. The best character in the franchise. Yeah. They killed off... Um, they killed off Ilsa. Ilsa. They killed off... Um, Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. Who is in every... In every way... 
a female Ethan Hunt. No, she's except, better than ex- Ethan. Except that she's better because she has no qualms about killing. She She's there to get the job done. Yeah, she's not going to make a speech about how all of you are important to me. She just gets shit done. It's like, I need to save the world. I'll kill whoever gets yeah, in the way. She didn't have to make a speech. She just saved Tom Cruise's ass in Rome in this movie. She just shows up, you know? And she didn't need to make some heartfelt speech with an overdub to do it. Oh my God, the overdubs! <laughs> Wait! Okay, there was there were so many moments where I was like, I'm looking at the screen and I hear a dialogue, but the character's lips, they're not moving. Or they don't match. Or they don't match. Like, what the shit? And it's not just once. At first, I thought it was a fluke. I was like, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I've had a long day. But then I see more instances of that happening. And it's like, it's not just me. You know <laughs> These what? are really bad dubbing you, jobs. You know what? I didn't notice that because of the close-ups. I was like... <laughs> My yeah. eyes. Just no, no, no. You, know, you know what? This was like a stupider version of Quantum Mania, where everything was on a green screen and you knew they had to assemble it in post. So that's this is the same lot. thing. They had to assemble that's the story a, of this one in post. That's what it looked like. That's such a low bar. Yeah, that's true. But okay, fine. <laughs> we, just, no, we can blame the pandemic. We can blame the pandemic. Maybe they didn't have time to shoot pickups or B-roll okay. or whatever. Okay. But there or were the, times that it was so unnecessary. I remember one instance in the airport where, okay, um, Ethan Hunt like drags Grace along and I thought, okay, come with me. And then her line was, this is going to be fun. Uh-huh, or something like her that. Mouth didn't her move. mouth did not move. <laughs> Essential. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. like okay, fine. It's a it's a quip. It's a uh-huh. nice quip about uh, what her character says about right, her she's character. A thrill seeker. But <laughs> I was like, her lips didn't move. No. <laughs> <laughs> she just she just gave this like really small smile, and it's like, can you even say those words with that small of a smile? It's like you, I'm you, gonna try. I'm gonna. You, try. you never. That's like, oh, huh. you, <laughs> You never know. Maybe, you know, part of her being a thief is that she had to pretend to be a ventriloquist. Oh, wow. Wow. Stop making excuses for the filmmakers. Remember when Ethan Hunt had the dossier on her and his shades. Oh, high tech. AR. AR, His Google Glass. Exactly. Google Glass. You didn't notice that little thing that said ventriloquist? No, no, you're just making that up. You're just making that up. (laughs) The overdub's really bad. Yeah, it's so it was bad. really bad. So I really like, okay, fine. Macquarie and Cruz, they assemble these things based on the stunts and then they put in the story later. But this is the first time I actually felt it. Because you can see where they stuck the parts together and it doesn't really hold up the way it used to. Yeah, not 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 even, you know, not even straight back running had to fix. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing. Other than part two, I have never had to Fast and Furious, a Mission Impossible movie where you had to shut your brain off Otherwise, you know, that's, it'll... Well, that's because that's the fun part of Fast and Furious because you can shut your brain off and still enjoy it. Right. But this is not a series where you expect to shut your brain off. Exactly. These were always fun, but they were never stupid. Yeah. Yep. So technically, they were like, I don't want to say thinking man, but yeah, fine. They were thinking man's action not, movies. Not, a little bit. I want to say thinking man, but you know, the twists were there. This one yeah. was just so predictable in yeah. so many ways. I saw Ilsa's death a mile away. It was so bad because like Gabriel at one point says, you know what, Ethan, one of your women will have to die because oh he, my once God, again, that, that was so annoying. You have failed you have to protect to another woman and he's trying to get in the girl's heads. He's saying like, don't believe him if he says he can protect you because he tells that to everyone. I'm like, oh, when did he ever say that to anyone? And when did somebody die on his watch? I mean, they were like trying to make him out to be somebody that they'd never set up before. So they they made him like, I love all of you more than I love myself. Um, uh, I have a tragic backstory that I never talked about. I've been hunting for this man my entire life, but I never mentioned it to anybody at any time. And um, Ving Rames does that thing again where, oh, I'm his best friend, but you know, we never actually see anything on screen to justify that. Yeah. And Simon Pegg is all like, no, nothing's more important to me than my friends. I'm like, where's all this crappy character fake development coming from? It's like, haha, we're friends. We're friends. We're I mean, best we, friends. I mean, I mean, we get it. We, we'd, we've seen them together in so many movies, but they just didn't need to repeat it all the fucking time. Yeah, like if you're friends, fucking show us. Don't tell us. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. I miss good Simon Pegg. I miss good Benji. I miss good Mission Impossible. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so, Ilsa, yes, you, you will be missed. Um, very. Very. Um, when, when I didn't even have like the past experiences, like how you were so raving about 
how cool of a character she had in the previous movies. Yep. But instantly, I knew that, okay, she's going to be my favorite. She's super cool. She knows what she's like, doing. Even you know? when she gets introduced in this movie. Yeah, she's a badass with a fucking sniper mm-hmm. rifle. Kind of like know? how you play yeah. Call of Duty. How do you... Yes, <laughs> I just said that. Like, I, I, I just said that during the movie. I had to whisper. It's like, parang kayo ni Pash. For context, Anjo's wife and Mai are our resident snipers when we play Call of Duty and they're they're scary. I'm just I'm gonna say it. They're scary. What, what, <laughs> what was the longest kill streak you had at one point we were playing together? I think you had like 14 or something. Like 17? Like what the actual hell? Yeah, there was one game like where where Posh and Mai were like you know, like double digits in kills. <laughs> if anyone from this podcast turns out to be a mass murderer, it's not gonna be you and me. Yeah. It's it's my <laughs> it's just pretty funny. It is. At it one is. point we were just screaming, Hi! <laughs> but, yeah. but no, that's I really love these characters who are independent can think for themselves. Of course, I'm a sucker for, for strong sure. yeah. for strong female characters Valid. who Valid. can, you know, do their shit. But that, that's why we loved her because yeah. it showed um I, I'm gonna say it showed that Tom Cruise is mature enough to share the spotlight yeah. the last few movies. And then this one, we're back in MI2 territory where he's the only one who can be good at anything. Mm. And I was yeah. like, what the actual hell? Yeah, the, so they can find, oh, she's competent, let's kill her off. Fuck. This is, right? The one thing I liked about her is that it gave Ethan Hunt a character to, to relate to who he didn't actually have to worry about. That's why the, it worked um, when they got rid of the wife. Because he got along so much better with, with Ilsa. Mm-hmm. Because she knew what his job was like. He knew what she mm. was like. They were on the same page. Yeah, and she was probably better than him. I have a question. <laughs> From the previous movies, were there was there ever a love angle between the two? None, but Not there was particularly. Ten- there was, there was tension, tension, and it was well done tension. Yeah, so yeah. that's something I also appreciated. Well, there they had some moments together. Now, okay, I bet this could no, but, be interpreted as something between old friends. But I did appreciate that she wasn't all like puppy dog eyes. I agree. And I agree. Just, not like Haley Atwell's character, no. who was just oh like, oh my Sing. god, Cause, yes. The thing about. The whole relationship between Ilsa and and Tom Cruise was because you were never really sure if they were gonna be playing on the same side or not. Mm-hmm. Right, right. In, in, she was like a double, triple agent, whatever. She was with the bad point, guy at some yeah. point. Yeah. So which was which played it, it so kept well. It interesting. That's it was, where the tension came exactly. from. Exactly, and, and it was never like blatant. Like it, even in this movie, it just seemed cheesy. And how he first met her, and they had those notes about like a romantic thing going on between the two of them. I was like, yeah, but hmm. but no, but no. I, I'm with Maya on this one. I was okay. I liked his interactions with yeah. Elsa. Yeah, because yeah. there was that familiarity. Yeah, there's yeah. that. You know that they've been friends for so long, yes. but that was something they didn't need to verbalize because yes. their co- chemistry was just that strong that they didn't need the words to yes. say that. Yes. you're my old friend. You're my, one of my oldest friends. You're my match. You know right. that kind of he thing. He didn't have to spell it out like. Yeah. Benji and Luther. Yeah, mm. so you really saw that right off the bat. I with get how that. They there was really more just, chemistry between yeah. them in that quiet scene in Venice yeah. on that yeah. balcony right than after, anything that came out of Ving Rhames' mouth. Right after she said, "Like it's my first time in Venice," and That's he's like, it. "Me like, too." Ooh. And then they laughed because yeah. th- that was their that was the moment. Yeah, and it said everything. But I find that so hard to believe. You're international super spy. <laughs> well, <laughs> first time true. in Venice. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> But, you know, and even if you take away the friendship, the romantic angle, part of the reason their relationship worked was because they have that professional courtesy. Yeah. Like, he knew she was a badass the second he caught her trying to pull off a hit. And she knew he was a badass because he helped. He got them out of that first hit that that he stopped. But in this movie, she only exists to give him emotional motivation, which I fucking hate. Mm. That's such a cheap use of a female character. And in comic books, we call that… Fridging. Yeah, because what? there was an Fridging. issue. There was an issue of Green Lantern where the Green Lantern comes home and he finds his girlfriend has been brutally murdered and stuffed in the fridge in pieces. It's um, it's a term. It's, it's a, a it's, derogatory it, it, term for for reducing a female character to a male character's motivation. Yes, it's cheap. So, like yeah. almost every character in Bullet Train. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean I love that movie, but. You gotta admit, a lot of characters in that was like revenge for my wife. Well, well no, th- no, no. This but, is, okay, is more like it, they get you invested in the character just to kill them off. Yep. Um, so it's cheap. It's manipulative, okay. yes. right? Yeah. So, and, Parang, why did you bother introducing this character? If she had no function other than to he, die. Here's the thing: 
Bullet Train seemed more like a parody of sorts. Well, so bad. And it didn't yeah, take it, itself seriously. Yeah, yeah exactly. True. Okay. So in it was for, just funny how most of them had that. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> That's true. So again, anyway, again, parody. But then mm. you don't expect something like this from Mission Impossible. You'd expect something a little bit more sophisticated. Ika Misha, thinking man's action movie. Fine, fine. Let's go. Fine. Maybe a little. Okay, fine. It's not entirely. It's not like Thinking Man, like on a Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan kind of oh, level. Uh, but it's not um, like Fast and the Furious. It's like a little, a little bit higher than James Bond, I think. Um, if with not, regard to it like, it's got. It's it's like slightly less tongue in cheek. Yeah. But it's but not, it's still something. <laughs> it's still something you can kind of <laughs> take seriously. But yeah. in this one, this one seemed like borderline parody, like. Borderline? Tom, no, no. Tom Cruise, yeah. Tom Cruise is now at the point in this movie where he's like Steven Seagal's directed video crap that Aww, Steven Seagal also sad. writes. No, no, no. I'm not saying in the quality of the movie. I'm just saying in the characterization. Yeah. Because in Steven Seagal movies, the directed video crap, everybody just spends like half the runtime talking about how great Steven Seagal's character is. <laughs> and that's exactly what was happening in this movie. The bad guys were saying it. The CIA guys chasing him were saying it. His friends were saying it. And, you know, Grace just fucking falls in love with him for no reason. Mm-hmm. And Ilsa, like, she practically dies for him with a smile on her face. Because he's so great. I hate that. Fridged. And even… I hate it. Thanks, get, I hate it. Let's get to Mantis. <laughs> oh, okay. She also falls in love with him. Um, Ish. Kind of. No, she there's, respects him so much. Yeah, there's this amount of gratitude that you don't wear, know where it came from. Uh-huh. Fine, sure, he spares her life. But then, is that enough to go through the falling train to save this guy's life well, while you're bleeding out? I, I know where it came from because the AI predicted it. And can I, can I just say, <laughs> something I've liked about this movie, like um, about this series basically, is that especially with the Christopher McQuarrie ones, is the action has always been so well shot and so clean and you always knew where everything was. They didn't really cheat a lot. But the fight that he has with um, with Paris takes place in a narrow alleyway. That but, would have been cool, but it was it just wasn't. There's so many cuts there and he's surrounded on both sides. There's no way a 61-year-old man should have gotten out of that alley alive. <laughs> I mean, he's, well, he's he, Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. He's a vampire. He spends millions. He's of, a vampire. Well, he was a vampire. <laughs> he was a vampire. He was a vampire. But, you know, like… Yeah, he should have been interviewed. Aren't there… Are, <laughs> aren't there articles saying that Tom Cruise spends millions… Like like Kobe million, Kobe-like amounts of money on health? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I mean, mean, you I see guess it. You gotta be in shape to jump off of everything you see. I wonder what his insurance premium looks like. I don't know if anyone will still give him insurance <laughs> at this point. I mean, this is a guy who does like halo jumps, right? That's true. Oh, God. Which, uh, yeah. Wait, no, go ahead. Oh, no. Going back to um, Palm Clemente for Paris. Um, Paris the Mantis. Oh. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry. Okay, so after Maverick spares Mantis's life, yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I, thanks. I lost my train of thought. Mm. Anyway, uh, that's funny because they also lost the train. <laughs> oh, can I just say that train gag? Like every every single car falling off, and then them, you know, going through each train was just like it ran for so long. Well, Misha and I were so reminded long. of a video game. Yeah, that like, was like the opening of Uncharted 2. I, I tried to whisper it to him during the thing because it was just so long. I was like, and then he couldn't hear me. I was like, oh, never, later na lang. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, but yeah. Okay, going back to Paris. Um, She was cool. I really loved her intros where she, she was chasing them. Like again, in her big ass truck, bulldozing through the city, looking like she's enjoying every single cool. minute of it. That was it. cool. But... I mean, yeah. Um, but was the clown makeup really necessary for that one sequence? Yes. Why? No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's giving use the Asian person as a caricature. Yeah, it, it looked like um, you know, from from super spies to, to to just basically caricatures. Yeah. So it's like. I mean, you would expect that in a James Bond movie. Well, 
to some point, but I was getting more of a, and I'm sorry, I got more of a Fast and the Furious vibe because they also had a crazy ass chase scene in Rome. But at least that one, you knew you were for in for stupidity. Yeah. This is just, yeah. You but, know, we were making fun of it. We were making fun of the poster before watching. It's like, oh, look, it's um, it's Mantis who stole um, Hugh Jackman's jacket from The Greatest the, Showman. And maybe she Harley got it. Maybe she, she, maybe she got it from Rebecca Ferguson. She was in The Greatest Showman. That's true. That's, huh? yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it felt very caricature ish. And it wasn't, I don't understand why. Maybe if it's like really part of her character where, you know, it's her quirk. So you yeah. should have that in every, every scene, scene and maybe explain it. But yeah. only for that party. But then you feature it so much on the mm-hmm. poster too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like there's something it that's would, not connecting here. Like it, why? It, it would have been fine if the party was themed and you had other characters. Well, the party what was the theme themed. Be? Juggaloo? <laughs> I, well, I don't the, know. The party was kind of themed. You like could see people wearing masks and everything. But she, out of everyone in the main characters, was... She was the only one with the makeup on. Everybody else yeah. was just in like a, fine in a suit or whatever. But well, she's the only H- one with H- the makeup on. Haley Atwell looked like Jack Sparrow. <sighs> she looked like a pirate. Yeah, but she stood out in or not a good way, like a sore thumb. Like yeah. you don't understand I'm, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home commentation this in this I'd movie. Have to agree. She's like, I am so tired of the stereotype of the Asian woman as a stone cold ice bitch, because like how many times have we seen? These, you know, uh, in a nutshell, like if you had to have a peg, basically Lucy Liu in every other movie where, you know, no expression. I'm going to kill you with no remorse whatsoever. And the few moments where, uh, where, 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 where where Paris got to show some emotion during the chase scene. That was cool because it was something different. But the rest of the time, she was just your standard issue Asian female ice bitch assassin. Except for the end where she turns to the side of right and virtue because she so respects the great Ethan Hunt. Because he spared her oh life. Like Jesus Christ. Everybody in this fucking movie worships him. Everybody. I Especially the him. people who want to kill him. Mm. Yeah. Even the AI. Okay, so AI is the bad guy. Hollywood's <laughs> on strike now. I hate that. I hate the sound they use for the AI. What's like, the sound it, again? Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> like that's some bad dubstep. You know, dubstep. Whatever. You sound like a fucking MRI. <laughs> yeah. So Tom Cruise is fighting the soundtrack of an MRI. And, um, it's like Skrillex did the whole thing. <laughs> I was about to say Skrillex too. Oh my god, Skrillex! Oh my god. Is he still a thing? I would watch a movie of Tom Cruise versus Skrillex. Oh. Except for the third act twist where Skrillex falls in love with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and just dies. Uh, um, okay, something that these movies have always been marketed on is the big stunts. Yes. And um, the big stunt here was Tom Cruise driving a motorcycle off the side of a cliff and um, parachute, letting go of the bike and parachuting the rest of the way. Now, a lot has been made uh, in the marketing of marketing of this movie about how it was done for real. They built like a huge ramp off the side of a mountain. That was amazing. It was amazing. They, didn't they have to fly yeah, the materials? Yeah, everything. Everything crew. had to be flown up to that mountain. The crew, the cast, the materials, Jesus the Christ. ramp, everything. And Tom Cruise jumped off that thing way too many times. And for the final shooting, they, they used a drone. They used, um, he killed many, many bikes. And <laughs> apparently he got it like on the seventh take, mm. basically. So it's a, it's a really cool stunt. He did stunt. that for seven fucking times. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad for the director. If I was just, the director I, wanted to cry. He's like, stop, I was, please. I was one of the producers and I lose, I lose my big star. Be like, oh my God. You lose the- fucking Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. You lose the fucking franchise. That'll be on your, friend, on your, on your resume forever. Oh, yeah. you're the guy who made that movie that killed Tom Cruise. You were the one who said yes to Tom Cruise too many times. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, I like that more in the behind the scenes stuff yes, that I saw exactly. than in the actual movie because in the excuse me in the movie they cover up the ramp <laughs> it was such a bad render I was like oh there's the ramp yeah in the ramp they cover it up with the CGI rock face that yeah. he's riding a bike off of and I'm like you know boom, what boom, if they just boom, left the boom, ramp there boom. I wouldn't have cared Honestly, yeah. just say that somebody left a ramp there. I don't care. <laughs> but it would look cooler. Well, the movie before that has been that stupid anyway. So you won't be surprised. Ah, look, a ramp. Okay. But, that, but that's a weird thing that I've been seeing in these movies. They always hype it on the big stunts. But like, if you look at the last one, Fallout, 
um, they made a big point of him halo learning how to halo jump, high altitude, low opening. That's like where you jump out at a crazy high height and you only open your parachute like a when few, you're like close to the ground already. Yeah. It's really hella dangerous. And they made a big deal that he did that for real over and over again to get the shot. Jesus, but, this guy is addicted to adrenaline. But when you watch the movie, they CGI a lightning storm over it. So you can't tell anyway. He could have done it on a green screen. You wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And in this movie, they did it again with a CGI mountain cliff face covering up the real ramp that they built. Mm -hmm. And that was something he did even in, I want to say, Rogue Nation or Ghost Protocol. Where he held his breath for six minutes. He learned to do it. He trained to hold his breath for six minutes because he was I trying think to. I that was rogue. Okay. So he was trying to steal like this computer thing that had to be kept underwater because it overheats or whatever. So he has learned to hold his breath so he can get the shot and they don't cut away. But they CGI'd the whole background. So again, he could have been on a green screen. He didn't need to be underwater. <laughs> you wouldn't have fucking cared. Well, he's Tom Cruise. He's just like, I can do that just this, just because. But if you can't tell he's doing it for real on the screen, does it really matter? Bragging right. It's kind of like how they shot um, Les Miserables with live sound. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just because you can do a thing doesn't mean that you should. He's Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but okay, going back to that big stunt. Um... We watched it together, the behind the scenes, and we were like, oh my God, this is fucking insane. It and looked amazing. Yeah, and that's kind of what convinced us. Well, well, me at least. Yeah. You guys, I'm sure we're going to like, we were gonna oh, we're going to watch it either, either way. Watch it yeah. Either way yeah. yeah, but me, I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. That looks cool. But I want to see how it, it plays it, out. It, it, mm-hmm. But when it did play out, because you see it in the trailer, you see it in the behind the scenes. So you're just anticipating. You're sitting through yes. this shitty movie just so you, you're you hoping that this stunt that they've marketed for so long mm-hmm. is worth it. Mm-hmm. But when that moment did come on screen, it didn't give us anything more. And that's the, that's Here's the, the thing though. Here's the thing that I've, you know, now that I've processed the movie mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I've come to think about it already. Like all the other stunts in relation to the story were organic. Yes. This one, this stunt, however, seemed forced. Yeah. It, it was they super kept, forced. Yeah, building up to it, like Simon Pegg was, was like, so, oh, this is the shortest route to get to the train. It was so fucking forced. Jump off they a kept, cliff. Yes. They kept prolonging yep. the, the stunt that it kind of lost the meaning. Yeah. The tension in the scene was far, too far gone. You know what would have been cool? If he just looked at the mountain, he looked at the train, he's like, I got an idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would have been better. You, you yeah, know, and the, to the point. You, you know how, uh, and, and then. In, they could have overdubbed it. In the, <laughs> that's true and also in the previous movies if you watch the stunts the stunts create tension they were it's, organic they were born of the situation you know, the stunts were the ones that were creating tension yes it was the situation they were in that was creating tension yes. no this one no the tension had to lead the lead but to that's the what I meant when I said that Macquarie and Cruz because they've been assembling these movies after the fact it really shows here that they were just looking yeah. for a reason to jump off that fucking mountain yeah but Misha's um, proposed execution would have been cool but then they tried to put in this banter with Benji where Benji's like no this is the only way I'm sorry I'm under a lot of pressure right now just do it but yeah I know it made and it hella corny we have to fight the AI so hold on let me let AI drive my car while I find you a way to that train right. like fuck you movie <laughs> it's so stupid and then they undermine all the awesomeness because admittedly the shot where he finally goes over the cliff yeah. is pretty freaking awesome yeah that's so but, cool but then they kill it with a slapstick ending I know like, oh my god. When they show how or where it landed, uh-huh. it's so stupid. Like, oh, you just happened to land right where, you know, yeah. Lily Atwell was in trouble. And then, you know, kapow on the bad guy. Oh my god. And it's not just that he breaks through the exact window that he needs to to save Haley Atwell in a slapstick comedy moment. He even managed to beat up the bad guy completely by accident because yeah, of yep. more slapstick. Yep. And I was like, so is he as great as everybody has been saying he is for the last two hours or he just fucking lucky? In this movie, he's just fucking lucky. Yeah, yeah what the shit, man? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate Tom Cruise and his, you know, his um, enthusiasm for, yeah. you know, doing his own stunts. Mm-hmm. And recently, especially with, you know, Mission Impossible doing all this crazy shit plus Top Gun Maverick which I absolutely loved. That was great. That was fantastic. Maybe so, but, it's because we saw Maverick which is why we're so disappointed no, in this one. Because you have this high expectation of Tom Cruise right now. Yes. Especially now like you know his age and the he's still doing this. Cinema. People yeah. say he yeah. saved cinema. Exactly. So 
you have these expectations. But you really hope to God that these movies are worth it. But this one, I'm sorry, I wouldn't call him a savior for this, but I do appreciate how much effort he puts into it. I also yes. appreciate the it, effort. It's not that we, we don't appreciate yeah. it, but it's just like compared to what he's done lately and the previous two, mm-hmm. e- even just even the two previous mm-hmm. MI movies. Yeah. It's just a far cry from those products. Well, it's just, I think we just gotta be thankful. He's gotta be thankful that he's already reached that status that, you know, you don't question it anymore. Like, fine, even if it's a shitty movie, he'll be fine. He's still iconic. He's still Tom Cruise. I would watch a Jerry Maguire sequel. What the hell would he even be talking about? I don't know. This is Tom Cruise. What? He'll be negotiating with crypto.com about naming a stadium? I don't know. It's just I haven't seen Tom Cruise in a rom-com in so long. Or a decent drama to be act- to be fair. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen him actually yeah. act in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all been like action movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would kill to watch a Jerry Maguire sequel. Uh, or we'll can, or maybe something original. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But knowing what we know about why this franchise is still ongoing. So basically Tom Cruise looking for an, another adrenaline rush for him to like I experiment know. on on film. <laughs> So, knowing all of that, the question is, is it still worth keeping this franchise alive because of Tom Cruise's adventure after this last movie? I think if he keeps trying to make these movies, he's not going to be alive much longer. Oh, no. (laughs) Knock on wood. He's already announced that he wants to shoot in space. What? He wants to shoot in space. That's just reaching fast levels of… I think he's already there with that speech he made about loyalty. Uh, he just didn't use the F word, but it, you, you were thinking it. You were thinking it. Family. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you, That's what F in IMF stands for. Impossible, impossible mission family. Jesus Christ. Okay. All, all he needs to do at this point is like maybe smoke 30 packs of cigarettes so he can get that low register of Vin Diesel's <laughs> voice. And then he can pull it off that F word. Uh, I just like, okay. Up until this point, I never felt that he was believing his own press. Because he was always trying harder to be, make bigger, better thrills. But in this movie, it just felt like an Cheap ego thrills. trip. Yeah. It felt like an ego trip. And mm. I had bad flashbacks of Mission Impossible 2 from the year freaking 2000. And I don't need to go back to that. Bad CG plus really cheesy wire work action in green screen. And a director who couldn't say no to and the thief, Tom Cruise. And a thief damsel in distress Who falls character. in love with him for no fucking mm-hmm. reason and turns against her employers. But yeah, like this movie had the weakest villain. Yeah, weak and villain. They killed off the best character. I cannot forgive they them for that. Did. I have not seen her previous movies, but she was already approaching to be the best thing about you know it what? but then they kill her off you don't even have to watch Fallout just watch just watch she... the, that opera scene yeah, watch just, the opera yeah. scene from Fallout from Rogue Nation sorry from Rogue Nation and watch uh, the cold open of MI3 with Philip Seymour Hoffman that's it it's that's just it. amazeballs I yes. have a realization yeah I didn't like this movie that's not a realization well no 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 let me finish <laughs> let me finish you know how much I didn't like this movie there is no thirst portion. Oh my god. That is a first. <sighs> like we've done bad movies and you've had thirst portions. Yep. This is a first. That is an indicator. Oh my god. <laughs> it had no well, Rebecca Ferguson, yes, as she's beautiful, but it wasn't a thirst thing. It was like, yeah, I wanna be you. <laughs> Watch that first one. Rogue Nation. Okay. Watch her first Rogue Nation. <laughs> and with that, I will have a thirst portion when <laughs> I see it. So apparently we are in the minority in this. Um, the reviews Report? have been. <laughs> we don't want to start a war of the worlds here. So. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> a war of the words. Oh wow! Oh, oh so, look at the sky. It's vanilla. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. How are you looking at the sky with your eyes wide shut? Oh, what's that smell? Magnolias. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Dear Lord. Okay, okay. Let's end this interview. Let's with a vampire. Oh, look what you did there. Okay. I saw it. You're like a gifted rain man. Oh, enough, enough, enough. Okay, okay. anyway. Okay, okay. Yeah, be firm about so, it. So let us know what you think about the Mission Impossible series. Let us know what your favorite is. We would really love to know. And tell us whether you agree or disagree of our with our thoughts on Dead Reckoning Part One now showing in cinemas. And if you're part of the people who ranked it a high, very high rating, I think it's at this point it's still 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you are one of the people well, who agree, why? Please tell us. <laughs> 
we'd really like to. Know. We just want to know. It's, it, yeah, it, it's not like a debate. It's just like we're genuinely curious. <laughs> what did we like about it? Theme song still slaps pum, after pum, you know pum, fifty pum, years. Pum, pum, I mean, pum, pum, pum. Oh. I, I, we did like we you know we did like Pom Clementine. Yeah, we, we did like she had intro- moments. Yeah, she did, was cool. We did like the introduction of Grace. The introduction, I, just the introduction. I like the attempt at continuity by bringing back Kitridge. But again, that's just a little thing. At this point in time, it's just too late for me. I miss Alec Baldwin. I miss Jeremy Renner. Mm. Alec Baldwin died though. Yeah, I miss Angela Bassett yes, as Angela. the CIA boss in the last yes, movie. Yes, she was she cool. She was great. She was great oh. as well. Oh, I like Vanessa Kirby. She's yeah, cool. Vanessa She's Kirby's fine. fun. She's, She's fun. Cool. She's actually the an arms dealer who is the daughter of the arms dealer from the first movie. Mm. So, you know, there's a little bit of continuity there. There's a little bit of continuity. But you'd have to be like a solid MI fan too. And something I also pointed out after, you know, we watched this movie and we had to decompress. This is I pointed it out. Yes. Because this is what triggered me so much with the characters. I felt like they were so meticulous. You know, they're supposed to be the best in the field Mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. what they do, right? Mm -hmm. And they miss out this one detail. Like they didn't even think to, be, to get blue contact lenses for when Grace had to disguise herself as the White Widow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When the White Widow had blue eyes and Grace had brown eyes. And then the brother of White Widow didn't even fucking notice when she's with when he's with her 24-7. Oh, he was the brother? Yeah, brother he was slash, the bad render of Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought he was just like her right-hand man. Or well, bodyguard, that, that too, that too. Okay. Bodyguard, right-hand man, right. brother. Yeah. It was yeah. like a switch around. It was like a um, I mean, a reveal in a couple of movies ago. I'm not in the around, last one. I'm not around my sister all the time, but I know, I know when her eye color changes. No, okay, I here's the thing. Here's the thing. That. Ever since the third and the fourth movies, they the film the directors have had fun deconstructing the elements of the series: the gadgets, the masks, mm. the reveals, the double crosses, and all that. Um, so they've systematically been taking away those things, and mm. the fun was in seeing how they worked around it. Yeah, to show that these were super competent agents. In this movie, Nothing. I don't think that they were that smart. I don't think they no. were deconstructing anything. I no. think they just didn't think to change her eye color. Yep. I mean, like, okay, remember that. Like, one one line of dialogue. Just say it. Like, oh, damn, we don't have the contact lenses. Okay, nobody's going to look at your eyes anyway. Put some shades on. I don't know. Yeah. But, or that would even create tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. It, it would. Because, like, remember. Like, at least it would show that the filmmakers were aware of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, remember that Bridge Khalifa stunt when he would climb with those magnetic gloves and mm-hmm. then one would one break? Exactly. That's exactly it. They were just showing that these guys are more than the sum of their gadgets. And that's what made those movies fun. How yeah. they use their fucking brains to get out of their situations. Yep. Which is why you're better than James Bond. Shut up. Sorry, Misha. Shut up. Nah, just kidding. But anyways... <laughs> Either way, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I was hoping maybe I'd start giving a shit about these, you Misha know, one was... male character franchises. But no. Misha was wearing James Bond don't. shoes. That's true. To I the was. Mission Impossible premiere. Why? My shoes were undercover. And that's it. That's what you... So you do, you do you do know that James Bond works for the for MI6. Shut up. And the IMF are better. Shut up. Because they work for the CIA. I don't care. No, they're all disavowed. I uh, don't care. I'd rather watch Fast and Furious. Anyway, sorry. Okay. So thank you though, Paramount. Thank you, <laughs> Pictures Philippines, for inviting us. Uh, with all due apologies to Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie. Um, we genuinely enjoy watching movies and hearing what people think. Please check us out on our social media, Subber Tours Podcast. We are on TikTok, on Facebook, and we also have a group on Facebook, Subber Tours. We like movies. Please let us know what's your favorite Mission Impossible movie? What's your favorite Tom Cruise stunt? Do you agree or disagree with our take on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? I don't know how I got through that with a straight face, but here we go. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. We are the Subo Tours. I am Misha. I'm Mai. And I'm Andrew. And you are all disavowed. <laughs> <laughs>